The text for our message this evening is the, uh, the gospel reading in Matthew 6. I want to take you back for a moment to, uh, looks like verse 11. Uh, nope, that's wrong. It's 17 and 18. It's a very tiny seven that looked like a snow one. Uh, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen uh, not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who, is in, who sees in secret will reward you. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, <clears throat> this is probably just a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, have you ever heard the story of the great hero uh, that was kept secret. I'm guessing that you probably didn't because it was a secret, right? Of course not. Uh, and this is, is sort of strange because, you know, we, we like to look at heroes and honor them and know about them. And, uh, and you know, there's hero worship in some degree. Maybe it could go too far, but for the most part, we kind of like to talk about our heroes, to know them, see what makes them tick, uh, envy them maybe a bit, but ultimately, is it is it worth it to be a hero if nobody knows about it? I mean, that's a hard question, right? Because you don't get called a hero. <laughs> nobody knows you did anything important, and you got to wonder, was it worth it? Well, I think if you ask anybody that is a hero and is a secret, then you, every single one of them would say it was worth it because that's the nature of heroes. Okay, so here, it really seems that uh, Jesus is trying to get people to, to see that exact problem. Uh, he says that if you do your heroic stuff in front of people for them to see, rather than you know being in secret then, uh, well, they may honor you, but God won't. Which doesn't seem fair particularly, but this is the way it's coming. He calls that hypocrisy even, if you're doing that, since it's not for doing good before God, which is what it's supposed to look like, and uh, it's just to get some attention and some renown. It's for personal attention from the people catching and watching, not from God. And I mean, you know, they, the, the people that, that act like this, that he's calling out here, uh, well, they're, the people that are doing these things are calling these things out as sacrificial for God, praying and fasting and charitable activity. It, it seems like they, they mean for you to think that it's for God, but it's not. It's for the personal acclaim of of the people that are watching. This is a, a, a pretty common concern that Jesus has for people like Pharisees who needed to see, well, they needed to be seen as righteous for their own personal security and for various other reasons. But you, you have to wonder if looking on, everybody pretty much considered that the, the Pharisees were the most righteous people around just by watching them and listening to what was supposed to be done. But you have to wonder, if Jesus says it's not that great, 
if anybody actually even knows what good is? It's kind of a, uh, an annoying sort of question for you to ask yourself. Um, if what Jesus is saying, that means that people get it wrong. Uh, and uh, that's kind of upsetting. In, in the season of Lent, you know, I still don't to this day understand why they call it Lent. I, you know, Lent is just an old Latin word for springtime. It's weird. I guess it is in the springtime, but it doesn't seem to match up with what we're doing with it. But, okay, so in Lent, people try to do some of these things that uh, Jesus is talking about here. They try to be more devoted, uh, more sacrificial. It's what we're encouraged to do in the season as, as Good Friday approaches and as we look at what Jesus is about to do. And if we look at ourselves in those circumstances, it might make you consider yourself... Uh, worthy of mourning over your sin and, and uh, being concerned about that sort of thing. Your worthiness before God is in question even. So do, do you know how much or even for what purpose extra charity will accomplish within God's plan? Because I know, I know all of you a little bit and I know that you're pretty charitable anyway. But if you go into Lent season and you do it better, you do it more, uh, is that going to be better in the kingdom? Is that going to be better before God? And I think the answer has to be, I, well, I don't know. I don't know how much it matters. Well, if you approach it uh, uh, to be approved by the people who might see it, is, is it more likely to be right? If everybody says, yep, that was a good thing, does that mean it was right? Does that mean it was good? Does that mean God likes it? Well, the answer is, I don't know that either. Oh. Um, if you're praying more, are you praying enough? Uh, or if you're giving up time uh, to do some things that you're trying to get God's approval, uh, maybe except all you get is, is people commenting how wonderful it is. Does that matter in the plan of God? I don't know that either. Does that, anyone even know for sure what's good? As you know, we have problems with that. Uh, we might think something is good and it isn't. Uh, can you imagine yourself sinning and not knowing it? I think you all have to suppose that's possible since every Sunday we come in here and we confess that that's exactly what we do. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a problem for us to even know what's good, let alone to do enough of what's good and to please God with what's good. We don't know. We're just guessing. It, and it's uh, difficult. Now, Ash Wednesday is the, the beginning of that long road to Good Friday. I'm pretty sure by then I'll be ready to lay down with Jesus. Because oh, it just kind of does that to me. It's the... The, the season of Lent is, is a little bit dark in the readings and, and it's hard. Uh, what, what does, what, what Jesus does with his words today, and, and uh, this Matthew 6 thing is from the Sermon on the Mount, which is pretty harsh anyway. Uh, he, he tells you how to handle the kinds of self-denial and, and sacrifice that, that people try to do traditionally during the season of Lent. Um, giving something up is, uh, is a common approach. People talk about giving something up for Lent. Uh, 
meat is, is a traditional sort of long-term thought. People give up eating meat for Lent. Uh, I've always sort of thought it was fun to say I'm giving up chocolate. I mean, this is particularly good if you're allergic to it, because then it's not that tough to do, you know. But that's a little silly. But, you know, here are Christ's thoughts about these things. Uh, charity is sacrificial if it's something you could have used for your other life concerns. It's sacrificial. Uh, prayer is, is a devotional thing. Uh, you're spending time with God in prayer, uh, you're, you're sacrificing some of your time that you might do something else with, uh, and so you're giving some of that up. Fasting is another one that he mentions here, which is abstaining from food, usually. Uh, uh, controlling your own body, as Luther would say, uh, beating it down, taking control of it to, to spend that discipline with God. It, you know, it's funny, though, because nowhere in Scripture does it command any of those things. This is not there. There's, they mention these things periodically, and they uh, encourage them to some extent, but none of it's commanded. Um, but it, it seems to be a good way offered for a devotion on an occasion. So, you know, people would put on sackcloth and ashes when they were in mourning or when they were upset about themselves or for a dozen other reasons. And this is the kind of idea that you're dealing with here in Lent. But not for people. I mean, not for people to look at you and grant you their approval because, well, what does that do? That would be devotion to people, not to God. Uh, and, and that can't grant you anything but approval. That's all at most you can get. And you're not even sure you got that because people are kind of squishy about stuff like that. And then ultimately, and it's meaningless in heaven for you to have the approval of people. So your devotion is for God. It's not for people. Christ calls the rest hypocrisy, which is kind of harsh. But I, I consider all of this stuff that is connected to Lent. You're about to witness Christ on a cross for you. That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. That's what you're about to see. Your salvation is going to take place in the suffering and sacrifice and hardship of the Son of the living God on a cross. His death for your life. That's what's coming. That's where we're headed. That's what you should be looking at. Are you worthy of that? I think you all know the answer to that. Are you, are you worthy of the Son of the living God coming down to be a human being and dying for you so that you can live? Uh, uh, can you discount your sins that bad that you can't even notice that probably you're not worthy at all? Certainly you're not worthy at all. It's hard. But regardless of devotion, which is still as full of sin, if you know, if you listen to me at all, you are no more worthy having done that or not. But here's the thing. Christ thinks you are. Jesus thinks you are worthy. Well, how do I know? Well, because his measure of devotion shows that he thinks you're more worthy than his life. He died for you. You can't be any more devoted than that. That's how much he loves you. 
That's how much he wants you, and that's what he did to have you. Any act that you can take on in mourning for sin uh, it is, should be about gratitude for your heavenly reward, the thing that's been given to you by the this, this blood of the living son who is now standing in heaven waiting for you. But this sacrifice of blood is your path to heaven. That's his gift. And that's what Lent is about for you. You know, I, I always have this strange reaction when he talks about charity. He says, uh, how does he put it? Uh, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, I mean, I've heard 10 million different explanations for that, and none of them make me particularly happy. But it, it seems like he's trying to say what you do charitably with your right hand, your right hand, like it says, uh, you're, you're almost not supposed to notice it's a good. Your left hand's not even supposed to know you did something. Uh, how can you even do that? It's almost beyond our reckoning to, to try and do something and not know yourself that you did it. But see, it is not only possible for you to sin without realizing it, it's also possible for you to do something good before God and not know that, that you did that either. Because the, all of the things that you do that are good are coming from God. He inspires them. He's the one that causes you to do something sacrificial that you would not ordinarily do. That's his job. And he sort of hands it off to us when he needs us to do something. Uh, but you're not supposed to notice. <laughs> it's a really difficult problem. So, but see, this is the change. Christ's cross if you think about the way people responded to that at first, especially, they all thought it was kind of a failure. That's why they let him go by himself, that Christ's cross was a big letdown, except it's one of those right hand doesn't know what left hand is doing problems, where Jesus did something that is, in fact, the greatest devotion and heroic act that history ever, ever has heard of, and nobody noticed until he rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit to us. And now we know. Now God always knew. He knew what he was doing. He wanted you. He says you're worthy. He says you're worthy of the blood of the Son of God. And so he won you that way. He knows about it. And now you know about it. And it's God's love in you that sees it and loves Jesus for it. And he has made you worthy. And he has made you saved and he will bring you home. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.